0: A couple of days ago, we began a series, Guess Who's Coming? A Look at End Times. We started with Jesus. Today, we take a look at the anti Jesus, the Antichrist next. Today, we continue our look at our series called Guess Who's Coming. And we've seen that Christ is indeed coming, but the Antichrist is coming and has already come according to John. Today we want to focus in on the Antichrist because he is a big part of the Second Coming. Please join us, won't you? Here's Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with a look at today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
1: Paul has talked to the church at Thessalonica about the coming of Christ. He's talked to them about a truth that we call the blessed hope, the rapture of the church in chapter 1 or chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians. He began to deal with the subject of the day of the Lord in chapter 5. And he began to say the day of the Lord is coming and the children of night it will come upon them like birth pains it will come upon them like a thief uh, children of the day and of the light uh it will not come upon them they that's not the day they're to look forward to so now we come to chapter 2 of 2nd Thessalonians and uh some disturbing rumors have got out since Paul had taught in these areas and uh listen to what he says concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him. And I understand that the church being gathered in the air with him. so word soon ago, that we get our word together or synagogue. And our be- being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, do not become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy report Or letters supposed to have come from us saying that the day of the Lord has already come. There's the issue. Some were saying by, Paul wrote a letter, or there was probably a prophetic utterance in some meeting, and they called it a prophecy that said, we're in the day of the Lord. We're in the day of the Lord. It's already arrived. And it it was disturbing believers who were already being persecuted and suffering. And so prophetic truth was being in the air. We're in the day of the Lord. Now remember, the day of the Lord, we try to define this when we were dealing with that, was a period that all Jews grew up with. It was a time of coming judgment, a time that uh, would be darkness, stars, and moon. Uh, would be taken out of their uh, solar patterns, Isaiah 13. The earth would become a time of trouble and, and doom as God would judge the nations. A severe time that we understand takes from the tribulation right through the thousand year reign of Christ. That's the day of the Lord. A specific prophetic date that an Old Testament Jew was, he grew up with it, Amos. Joel, uh, Obadiah, Isaiah. I mean, it was a part of the Old Testament scriptures. They knew it would be a time of severe judgment. Now, he's saying, don't let anyone fool you to think that the day of the Lord has already arrived. We are not in that day, though we may be persecuted, though we may be suffering. And he said, let me tell you, let me give you some sign markers that tell you when that day arrives. And two big events. There will be the falling away or the rebellion that the NIV translates. There will be the rebellion. And there will also be the revelation of a man of sin. And those two things will announce that we are in the day of the Lord. Those are the two things you need to watch out for So, let's find out what he's saying here. He says, don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. Now, I think it's interesting. He says, you believers are unsettled. It's like an earthquake has hit you. These false rumors has disturbed your hope. You're all confused about the future. Let me say this. One of the great things the Bible gives to a believer is a reading of the future. I don't need a psychic. I don't need a palm reader. And I don't need a horoscope. The only one that knows the future is God. Because he's in charge of the future. And he has said certain things to his church. By times and seasons, you don't need to be ignorant. First Thessalonians 5, 1. For we have been given a prophetic outline of major events. We don't know the exact date. I'm not a date setter. I'm forbidden to do that. But we know certain great events will happen in history that will announce the day of the Lord. First of all, the rebellion or the falling away. And what in the world would that be? Here's the word apostasia. We get our word apostasy from it. The apostasy, the falling away. There are certain men who in the old, oh, maybe last 50 years, uh, bought a view by E. English that said, this is spatially to be removed, apo, away from, to stand. So they say, ah, this is the rapture of the church. We will spatially be removed. And there are those who believe that and teach that. I went to a seminary where men taught that. But the most logical meaning of the word is religious falling away from truth. To fall away from religious norms, commonly held truths, and to turn away from... Turn your back on them. In Christianity, it would be, I believe the deity of Christ. I now say he was not God. I believe that he became a man. Now I say he was not a man. He was a ghost. I believe at one time the virgin birth of Christ. I now say it didn't happen. At one time, I believe the Bible was the word of God. Now I see it as a bundle full of myths and speculations and man. made That's apostasy in religion. In Christianity. But this apostasy will be tied to the man of sin. And the Bible says that this man will be revealed in the city of Jerusalem and will declare himself God. And according to Daniel, abominable things will happen in the temple. Uh, It was taken from Maccabees, where a man by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes went into the temple. This was in the Intertestament period. Went into the temple in Jerusalem, took a pig, sacrificed it on the altar of the Jewish altar, caused the Maccabean war to break out more than ever, slaughtered many Jews, desecrated their place of worship. And Daniel said there will come a day when a man will go to a temple in Jerusalem, and he will commit such sacrilege that it would be abominable and it will be desolate and then the great tribulation will begin. Tribulation up to that, but then marks the great tribulation. Midpoint, midpoint in Daniel's 70th week. That's seven years after the rapture, we think in the middle of the week, this great act of sin will be committed. And guess what? The earth will fall away from all religions at that time, and they will begin to worship this man. Watch what it says about the man. He will be revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose And will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped. So that he sets himself in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. This coming man of sin will destroy every other religion under the sun. Muslims, Jews... So called false Christianity in that period, Hinduism, Buddhism, agnosticism, humanism, anything that's called a religious belief will at that moment evaporate and only one religion will be on the earth the worship of this man of sin. He will control all spending, all buying, all selling and he'll have a false prophet according to Revelation 13 that will behead anyone that does not worship him. So this is a religious figure who claims the place of God but has political clout in order that he can execute those who do not submit. Powerful figure. We know that Nero declared himself God. Caesar, they named him the August one, Caesar Augustus. What's the Augustus? August one, one who has the place of deity uh, within the Greek Roman pantheon of gods. But this man will have such universal following that nothing under the sun gets worshipped but this man. And what is an amazing thing. The earth will be ripe for such a man so that the whole earth follows him. The whole earth is in his train. Only those Jews that God has saved and those Gentiles he saves in this period in Revelation 7. Only they will be preserved and they will be hunted. They will be killed and they will be hidden by God or none of them would survive. A worldwide religious leader is coming. It's Christ or Antichrist, but you must worship someone. And those who do not want Christ will bow to Antichrist. And the apostasy, the rebellion will say, this is the man we've been looking for. Down with Allah, down with Buddha, down with Christianity, down with orthodox Judaism. This is the God we all have been looking for. You must, you must bow or burn. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? And now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way. He, he lets us know that if Satan had his way, this man would already be on the scene, would already be uh, exercising this power. So there is a rebellious plan of Satan ready to be launched like a missile. Just push the button. Only one thing. There is something With holding and holding him down. What can it be? What is it that's holding him down? It's interesting. He calls it an it and a person. You know that it is holding it down. Then he says, and he is holding him down. Some have said, uh, there are so many views as to who this is. Let me think of the ones I've read. Uh, Some say, church. Some say uh, Israel. I don't know where they get this. Uh, oh, there's so many views out there. The two main views that I've heard that have any uh, semblance, one is uh, political government. but that, uh, In other words, that government is restraining the revelation of the man of sin. Uh, my problem with that is since this is Satan's masterpiece, whoever restrains it has to be stronger than Satan. The most likely view, I think, of it is it's the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is called an it, in John 14, uh, a neuter at times, but he's also a person. So sometimes that's usually it, a thing, but he's really a person. So that language is interchangeably used of him. Something else, uh, this one that is withholding, he, it has to be God himself, some aspect of God. They're the only ones that can hold down Satan. Did you know Satan would have already killed off all of you Christians already if he wasn't uh, forbidden and withheld by God's power? Did you know that Satan is a killer? John 8, 44 said he's a killer, a deceiver. But we never talk about he's a killer. And let me tell you who he wants to kill first. You low down rotten, stinking saints. He hates you. That's why I get weary of people who talk about other Christians. Quit helping the devil out. You don't think the devil slanders me enough? Why are you adding your two cents? Shut up. Don't do the devil's work. He talked in the church in Timothy. He talked about a she-devil, a woman that was slandering saints. Don't be a devil of any kind. He hates us. And he would love to have our head in the basket just like John the Baptist but there's someone who withholds him. says boundaries, I shall keep you in the world. I will not take you out, but I will keep you in it, John 17. And he's withholding this revelation of this man of sin, that he will come and every religion in the world will be absolved And there will be only one God on the earth recognized, and you bow to him. He's got a number, he's got a sword, and he's got a false prophet that works to promote him. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. He may be alive right now. The only thing that keeps him from being revealed is the power of the Spirit to restrain him. And he says here, the Spirit, the one who withholds, will be taken out of the midst See, I understand the Spirit is resident in the church, in the world today, but someday that residence he's going to remove, and he'll go back to the third heaven, and we'll go with him. But his presence is always in the world, but he resides in the church now. He is the only power, I know, that could be restraining the revelation of this man of sin. So, he begins to tell us what's going to happen to this man of sin. What is going to happen to him? Well, let's pick up the words for him. He's called the lawless one. That means he, that's a Jewish kind of language. He submits to no law other than his own. He makes all of his own rules. He's his own man. He's his own God. The Genesis 3 lie is fulfilled in this man. I worship no one but myself. The epitome, the apex of humanistic worship. Man is God. I can get a man to the moon. I don't need a God telling me what to do. We worship man already, but there will be one man that will let no other man be worshipped but him. It is exclusive worship. Only me, or I'll kill you or starve you to death. You can neither buy nor sell without my permission. Powerful man. He's a man that's destined for destruction. He opposes anything called God. He exalts him. It amazes me. He shows up in the temple of God. And the temple of God happens to be God where God was worshiped in Jerusalem. Right now, we've got the mosque of Omar. And we don't have a place where we can work. The, the Arabs are in charge of it. But there will come a day, Antichrist will take over that temple site somewhere in Jerusalem. And he will proclaim... And all Orthodox Jews will be outraged and the world and the Muslim world. I am God, not Allah, not Yahweh. I am, bow or be killed. What a powerful force going to be unleashed on the earth. What is the end? How does this man, if he's restrained by the Holy Spirit, how, how does he ever come to his end? Look what it says. Verse 8, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. That is one of the most magnificent verses in all the Bible. If it was Schwarzenegger, how would he get rid of such a man? I mean Hollywood would have a ball with this I mean all the uh, the spectacular you know I go to a movie which while have you been in one of those movies that, what was this all about I mean from the first thing guns are going off I don't know the plot I don't know if the guy loves or doesn't all I know is a lot of bombs went off no plot just a lot of special effects No message. It's like a lot of music today. No message, but a lot of special effects. When Christ wants to destroy the masterpiece of Satan, two things, it just takes two things his breath and his presence. That's all it takes. I mean, Satan's worked through all these years to get his man of sin there. And finally, the Holy Spirit steps away, and he says, I get to implement the plan. I've got him in place. He makes havoc on the earth, and he's powerful. Everybody's bowing. He's got armies. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. It's curtains. What are you going to do, Jesus? I don't have to do anything. In Revelation 19, he says he has a sharp two-edged sword that comes out of his mouth. So if he does breathe out anything, he breathes out a sword. It happens to be his word, the sword of the Spirit. And then his presence. He strips back that humanity that veiled his glory. He just shows off his glory. And Antichrist melts. He has no, no power to withstand his glory then you want to start singing, we shall behold him. The saints will have glorified bodies with him. So we're, we get glorified eyes so it doesn't burn up our eyes to look on his glory. That's why you're going to get a glorified body. You can't hang out with God for eternity without a glorified body. So it's going to give you a glorified body so you can take in glory for all eternity. I wish I was in a shouting church. I wish I was in a church that believed this stuff. I'm telling you, this is shouting stuff. This is, this is the truth this isn't Flash Gordon or Hollywood this is God he just destroys him by his own breath and presence you remember when they came for him in John 18 he was in the garden and they came they had the torchbearers and they had the soldiers and they had the Roman armor and they said where is Christ we've come to arrest him and they asked where is he he said I am speaks to you Ego I me. And they fell on their faces. He just answered the question. I am's here. Roman soldiers are falling on the... What happened? He just used one of his Old Testament names. The I am gods in this garden. This is I am you're talking to. Boom. Down. Nobody took his life. He gave it. You can't kill God unless he wants to die. He gave it. Well, he shows up, and all this scheming of Satan begins to melt. And this one, he came in the power of Satan. Look at this. He comes with the work, the energy of Satan, displaying all kinds of miracles, signs, and wonders in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. The devil's got power, saints, he can do signs, he can do miracles, he can do more stuff. Someone told me some parts of the church don't do good in India because the Indian fakers can do as, duplicate as much stuff as we try to do. Did you know that the devil can turn a rod into a serpent? He did it right in front of Moses, Janies and Jambres. says, <laughs> hey, we, have, you, have you learned that trick? The devil knows it. He can turn wood into a snake. That's pretty powerful. Try it. I can't even say the abracadabra. Yeah, she's got a stick right there. She wants turn it turned into a snake. No, you want to keep it as a stick. snake bites somebody. You need that stick. The miracle that will happen to you is you're going to get a brand new body. That's the miracle that's going to happen to you. brand new body.